Hello, everybody. You are on my yarn room couch with me. Um, This is the room that I quarantined for, God, six weeks, I think. Five, six weeks. I mean, I did come down occasionally, but with Clorox wipes in my hand so that no one else in the house would get sick. It was was horrible. I still can't believe this this happened. Um, But... I'm alive to tell the story, so I guess I have to have a lot of gratitude for that. Anyway, we're, I think that much like a prisoner, I've grown more attached to my yarn studio, my yarn room studio, which is, I've told you guys, upstairs in my house. So it's, it's, it's like a little perch. It feels like I'm in a little birdhouse up here because it, the windows face the front of the house. That's why I get to always watch all the neighbors, see what they're up to. Divorce couple across the street just got a divorce. Painful to watch. Other guy who has a Foo Fighters sticker on his car was an asshole to me the other day. He wasn't really an asshole, but he was not friendly at all. When I was being friendly to him, I smiled really sweetly and waved. And he, honest to God, looked like he growled at me. And I'm like, okay, dude, you're the one with a Foo Fighters sticker on your car. Which, by the way, when Taylor Hawkinson or Hawkins or whatever his name is died, um... I, I, I almost did this. I almost drew a poor, because, okay, so anyway, long story short, this guy has a Foo Fighters sticker on his car. That's the only thing I know, know about him. We call him Foo Fighters. And so he had lived here about three months, and then the drummer of the Foo Fighters, Taylor Hawkinson, Hawkins, died, and um, I, I can't believe I didn't do this. My intention was to draw a really lovingly detailed portrait of Taylor Hawkins for Foo Fighters across the street and slip it, you know, like either on his doorstep, like nicely packaged or in his mailbox or something. And like anonymously, obviously, like just like he he doesn't know me. I figured we would never know each other. I could tell he's got like I have a fence up kind of personality. So we're never going to know each other. He's never going to know I'm an artist. I don't tell anybody what I am or who I who I do. <laughs> oh, whoa. Excuse me. Anyway, there's no way in hell he would ever find out that I did it. But uh, I never did that. I thought it would be both funny and nice and really scary at the same time, which that's a good combo for me. I, those That's the combo I love. Funny, sweet, and psychotic. That's kind of... That's kind of my my whole thing. Anyway, I didn't do that. Then there was another guy, last name. I'm not going to tell you his full name, but oh my God, I swear I was just being haunted by a ghost. There was this weird noise and I kind of flipped out on this recording. Um, but I know I was talking about the neighbors. I don't know why. Oh, just because I'm up in my up in my yarn studio slash room. It's the coziest room. Let me know if you guys want to see a photo of it somehow. I'm thinking about starting to update things more often over on my website and it might be like weekly images that are referenced on me reading stuff or something like that I don't know we'll figure it out I don't want to be too ambitious about anything at the moment but you know I think that I don't want to share as much on oh I know what it is I have a steam iron on let me see that's what it is. This Okay, the noise was not a ghost. Everybody calm down. My steamer, which I was blocking some uh, fiber stuff I was working on. I was, I was blocking something. If you guys know what that is, you know what I'm talking about, why I have a steamer iron thing on. But anyway, God, I'm too distracted. You guys, 
I haven't talked a lot lately, and now I'm completely not doing a great job. I got a text from my friend the other day. What's up, Cecile? And Cecile said, I don't know how to... Well, I can't believe I'm outing her on her text. Well, never mind. Uh, long story short, we both agreed that we don't know how to even have a conversation with people anymore. And that is really true of me. I also met another neighbor the other day where I walk out to the uh, mailbox, as I often do. This guy comes up. Never seen him before. In fact, I thought he was walking past the mailbox. We all on the street have one mailbox area. And all of a sudden, he's coming right for the same place. And it's dark out. And we have no lights out at night. It really drives me crazy. I'm, I'm about to talk to the city about this because it's, it's scary. And this dude was like, I couldn't see him until he was like five feet away from me. And that is, that is frightening. Anyway, we both kind of scared each other, and then we made a joke about it, and then uh, he introduced himself, and um, I tried to have a conversation with this man, and he was the nice—he's, like, way nicer than most people in this area, like, very friendly and sweet, talking to me about—I mean, immediately letting out information about his family and his kids, and one of them's in college, and the other one's doing something else, and I—instead I, of just— Going along with this, I just start lying about a lot of things. And I don't know where this came from, except that I've admitted on this podcast before. You guys have heard, if you've been listening long enough, you know that I have been caught in many lies in the past. Because when I get nervous, I don't know why, but my default is to just make up, make shit up, like immediately. I make up stories. I'm not proud of this. I'm mildly amused by it because it's never anything that it's not like I say, oh, that's so funny. That's like when I won an Academy Award in 1986. It's not, nothing outrageous. It's also not I don't know what could be a horrible lie, like uh, just something. I don't know. They're very benign lies. Uh, it's like this lie. I, I don't even want to tell you guys what the lie was because it's embarrassing, but it wasn't a big deal. It's just that it and nobody can catch me on these lies, really. They're just weird, weird lies. And it's because I don't know how to communicate anymore with people, <coughs> especially after being locked up here. Like, I, I think you you really do if you even just go to the store occasionally or walk down the street occasionally. It's a different thing. You get used to using your voice. And I don't didn't do that for so long that I'm very thrown off now that I'm, you know, finally testing negative for COVID. Still totally have the symptoms, but um, not as bad. Which, by the way, a lot of you guys reached out. Hey, thank you guys. After I did my little update for you guys, I appreciate you guys reaching out and telling me you were happy that I was going to be back and glad I was okay and sorry I was sick couple of you guys asked about long COVID symptoms. And the main one that I have is just utter exhaustion. Um, for instance, if I go and try to hang out and talk to Damien downstairs, I, it, it's like maybe two or three minutes and I have to sit down. Um, I don't know if it's because of the lung function being different or what. It's also just, yeah, yeah I'm just so like beyond tired. And, and this coming from somebody who has, I always say I was born tired. I've been tired every day of my life since birth. And, uh, it gets worse every year of my life. And I'm also, I've got tons of autoimmune conditions and I'm on a lot of drugs for those autoimmune conditions. So tired upon tired upon tired and now long COVID tired, which is known to be one of the <coughs> most tired 
Do you guys hear this? <sighs> that's the that's the wheezing I've got going on right now. Um, so it's just a mess. It's just a total mess. I don't know if I'll ever be able to have a conversation. I'm wondering how I'm doing here today. I think I'm doing horribly. Uh, I can't seem to stay focused. But anyway, I love my yarn room. I am like a prisoner. This is now my comfort zone. That's what I was trying to say. This room, which was my prison, is now just just my favorite place on earth. And so it turns out Stockholm Syndrome is very real. Um, and I'm experiencing it right now. All right, let me see what else we got to talk about. Give me a minute. Okay, we have a new segment here. Uh, I'm not sure what to call it. Uh, something like, hey, help me, corner. Hey, literary scholars, what's up with this, corner? Uh, yeah, I'm confused, corner. Okay, here's the deal. I love Hafiz poems. Great Persian poet, lyric poet. We all know him. We all love him, right? If you don't, look him up. H-A-F-I-Z, also H-A-F-E-Z. All right. So I tend to pick up, I can't, I can't not buy a Hafiz book when I see one. So all of a sudden, I notice that Penguin has all of these Hafiz books. Some of you may already know what I'm about to say. And they're beautiful. You know when Penguin really, excuse me, when Penguin really goes all out for somebody like they did with Proust back in the early 2000s, where each book is sort of linked to one another visually in some way, but it's also different. I mean, they're beautiful. If you look up the early 2000s um, Proust collection of In Remembrance of Lost Time, you'll see what I mean. So these looked like that. And here's what I read on the covers of the ones I saw. I don't, there, I think there's even more maybe, but A Year with Hafiz, Daily Contemplations. Already in. You give me a yearly book, like a daily year-long book, I'm all about it. And I find there to be, you know, too many self-help ones written like that where you check in on the book every day. I think it's a beautiful way to be. In fact, I need to write one. Maybe that's something I need to do. Note to self. Like, what if I did, it's like me reading stuff, except it's just a new awesome thing every day for people to read. Okay, I'm on it. And it'll be crazy, by the way. I shouldn't be giving this idea out, or you guys are going to do it. Um, anyway, all right, so there's that one. Then there's Love Poems from God, 12 Sacred Voices from the East and West. Oh, okay, that one's not one of these, so never mind on that one. Although this is still questionable too. Um, okay, and then the other one, I Heard God Laughing, Poems of Hope and Joy, Renderings of Hafiz by Daniel Ladinsky. These are all Daniel Ladinsky, okay? So A Year with Hafiz says Daniel Ladinsky. Um, okay, so here's the deal though, is that then when I got into the, these books, I started to look, I didn't look at love poems from God yet. I'm interested in it, and I guarantee this has the same suspect type thing going on. Well, anyway, I'm looking at these, and this da Daniel Ladinsky, that, that word renderings of Hafiz basically means, hi, these are not Hafiz poems. These are my own version of how Hafiz writes. Um, a poem. And it really, 
it made me really pissed off as I was reading it. And so I was wondering, I mean, it's almost like I wish this guy would have just written these poems and then called it a day and not not even shouted out Hafiz because they're that they're that removed from Hafiz really but they have that style so he stole the aesthetics of Hafiz and that kind of wild passion from Hafiz and just put the name Hafiz on there and then everybody long story short I thought these were translations and I was like I don't have these translations I don't know Daniel Ladinsky's translations let's get these but now I have these three new books where I'm looking at them and they're beautiful penguin books and I don't know what to feel. I mean, one of them I had marked as I really liked it. Right? And I was skipping through. This is from I Heard God Laughing. This is on page 23. Someone should start laughing. I have a thousand brilliant lies for the question, how are you? I have a thousand brilliant lies for the question, what is God? If you think that the truth can be known from words, if you think that the sun and the ocean can pass through that tiny opening called the mouth, someone should start laughing. Someone should start wildly laughing now. Now that, in my estimation, is a great poem. Um, so I can't, I, I'm just so confused. I read the beginnings. I'm still confused. That's the thing is I've had these for a couple of weeks now and I'm looking at them and I'm reading them and I'm just complete. It's almost like the people like Penguin, the way they even picked the blurbs are very tricky. Like they don't say these are not trans, like they should, in my opinion, say these are not translations of Hafiz. These are celebrations of the style of Hafiz or something like that. Otherwise, this is false advertising. This is pissing me off. And I need to know what you guys think. So check it out, Daniel Lodinsky. Let me know. I mean, I think somewhere I read that he is a translator, but he didn't translate these. Then I read other criticisms of him online when I'm trying to figure this out. And, and a lot of the criticisms from actual um, translators said, this is all bullshit is basically what they didn't say it like that, but they should have. Um, it looks like my phone's about to shut off. So that's enough out of that. But I would love your thoughts. Um, so get back to me at whatever my email address is. I've said it before and I will say it again. That's me in the background of my head thinking of what, just info at robinoneal.com. How's that? All right. Bye guys. Okay. I've been threatening it for a long time and maybe it's about to actually happen. I wanted to have an, uh, like a month or so dedicated to anything that I love by Elliot Weinberger. I've talked about him endlessly on here. There's nothing quite like him. Uh, this is from New Directions Press. This is one of his books called An Elemental Thing. I don't want to go on and on and on and on um, because, again, I'm not a scholar or anything. All I know is that nothing gets me going quite like Elliot Weinberger. And I've read from this book on the podcast before. I've read from other books. Uh, every single thing I own by him, which is a lot, I love. And these are factual. These are kind of nonfiction books, but they're also poetry. They're also essay. It's very interesting. So in An Elemental Thing, there's one chapter called The Rhinoceros. It's um, sort of about the plight of the rhinoceros on this planet, the fear that they induce, and also the love. Um, and this section is section five, and I'm going to read it to you right now. <clears throat> Sorry about my voice can barely breathe. 
<sighs> okay. In the British Library, there is a box of fragments and dust from a birch bark scroll buried 2,000 years ago on the Jalalabad Plain, west of the Khyber Pass. It is the oldest known Buddhist text written in the Gandharan language. Some of the chips contain only a single letter. Letter. That's my new way of saying letter, guys. But the scholars have pieced them together to reconstruct a sutra. Doing no violence to living things not even a single one of them, wander alone like a rhinoceros. Affection comes from the company of people. Misery comes from affection. Wander alone like a rhinoceros. The old bamboo is entangled. The young shoot is unattached. Wander alone like a rhinoceros. A deer goes to eat where it wants to eat. Wander alone like a rhinoceros. Give up your children and your wives and your money. Wander alone like a rhinoceros. Everyone wants your attention. Wander alone like a rhinoceros. Two bright bangles on an arm clang. A single bangle is silent. Wander alone like a rhinoceros. A bird who has torn the net. Wander alone like a rhinoceros. Fire does not return to what it has burnt. Wander alone like a rhinoceros. A tiger is not alarmed by sounds in the forest. Wander alone like a rhinoceros. Cold and heat, hunger and thirst. Wander alone like a rhinoceros. With eyes cast down, wander alone like a rhinoceros. At home, anywhere, wander alone like a rhinoceros. There we go. I wish you could see the thrill, the joy, the awe on my face right now. Oh, God, Elliot Weinberger, where are you? How are you? Elliot Weinberger, I wish you nothing but the best in life. I wish you lots of cigarettes because I know he still smokes. Um, And I respect that. Whatever he's got to do to be this guy he is. I want him to do that. Um, And again, that's found. (laughs) So it's funny I'm acting like he wrote it. But he kind of did. So let's face it. Although, what about that thing I brought brought up earlier about, what's his name? David Ladinsky? Um, All right, guys. I'm going to hit pause and I'll come back and say goodbye. But, oh, I wanted to tell you one thing before I do this uh, as I'm reading this passage, which I don't know what my favorite part was. The one I had highlighted or underlined was the fire does not return to what it is burnt part. But this time around, I got really emotional about everyone wants your attention. Wander alone like a rhinoceros. Um, And also a bird who has torn the net. Wander alone like a rhinoceros. I also like that line because it's written differently than the other ones. Um, But... Anyway, speaking of wandering alone like a rhinoceros, I am getting on a train at some point very soon. Uh, well, it's not very soon. It's uh, like, you know, a few months away, a couple months away, uh, going across country on a train by myself in a private car with my own private bathroom. And this is a dream of mine that I've had since I was really a kid. And I grew up with my dad working for the railroad. He is a fascinating guy himself, kicking what they called hobos off of the train. 
um, when he was like 17 or 18. And eventually upon his retirement, he was vice president of real estate for the Burlington Northern Santa Fe Railroad. So um, I grew up with trains on the brain, trains in the house, model trains, train emblems, train stationery, train, train, trains. Uh, and I love trains. Now, for Europeans and a lot of East Coasters, trains are common. And, you know, I lived in Chicago. I took the L as well. And, um, you know, I was always on the train when I lived in London. And so in some places it's, you know, normal. I didn't love taking the train in Chicago. In fact, I hated every minute of it. I loved the convenience of it, but I had a thing with it. I mean, I'm a weirdo about public spaces and, you know, just in general, I just don't really love being around a bunch of people. And there was always a bunch of people. So anyway, long story short, the cross country leisurely journey in a train alone with books and a notebook. And that's about it. That is my dream. I remember when Amtrak for a while had that residency where, for writers, where they were giving writers residencies to travel across country and do whatever they wanted to do with that time. And I was really envious of people who did that. And I should have just applied, but I never would have given myself the time back then, you know. And now, I, as we all know, I'm on sabbatical, 2023, what's up? And this is the time. And I couldn't be more thrilled to finally do this. So, um, yeah, that's what I'm doing. And I'm sure you guys will hear all about it after I'm done. But I think I'll be away for a little more than a week. And I'm going to do it again. I'm gonna, this is not going to be the only time I do it. So look out. I may come visit you in your town, wherever you are, if you've got a train. I've got a little train. that start, So I'll start from my little town. And then I will make my way into Seattle and go out from there on a, on a big, the Empire Builder is what it's called, which is a great name. These trains have great names. These like, you know, very, I, I don't know what, you, what passenger trains, passenger trains. So that's my story. I hope you guys are happy for me. I'm happy for me. I just keep, it's exciting to not know what I'll be doing. Um, oh, I'm also going to tell you guys who I wrote my fan letter to. I had a couple of guesses. A lot of people guessed uh, soap opera stars, which I loved that. Thank you, Molly, for your guess. Um, and then, but no, that it's not that, although I've done a lot of those and never got a response, even though I included <laughs> self-addressed stamped postcards. I made it easy on these guys and they didn't respond to me, which really, really bummed me out. Um, well, one of them, I have proof actually that they never received my package. So that guy, I will forgive. Um, other people, I'm not so sure. Uh, oh, by the way, I will put a link in the description for how you can, uh, purchase, how and where you can purchase Elliot Weinberger's An Elemental Thing and all of his other books, just go to New, New Directions. Somebody told me that when I say New Directions, when I'm speaking of the, uh, you know, publishing company, New Directions, which is ndbooks.com. Anyway, apparently it sounds like I'm saying Nude Erections. And I don't think it does, but if you think it does, then you think it does. It's new directions. Um, 
Uh, oh, so who I sent a fan letter to? Well, this person's name is Rajiv Surendra. Okay. Rajiv Surendra is from Canada originally, and he now lives in New York City. And he is a calligrapher, a very, very fine calligrapher, and among many other things. Now, I stumbled onto his videos on YouTube. I don't know how. Somehow, for the first time in the history of my life, I was algorithmically... um, pushed something that I actually legitimately liked. When I saw Rajiv's first video, it was about, I think it was about how to make a harp. And he went to the leading harp maker in this country, which is in Chicago, uh, and learned how to make a harp. He was learning a piece on the harp. He was learning a piece on the piano. He carves his own wood and makes all sorts of things. And, uh, I can't, I mean, the amount of, anyway, I just got fascinated with this this person. And as I'm watching it, I'm like, God, he's familiar to me. Like, do I know this guy? What is going on? I really feel like I know him. Well, that's because he plays Kevin Napoor, AKA Kevin G from Mean Girls, if you've ever seen it. Uh, hands down, the greatest character on that movie. The only person I really remember besides uh, maybe a few, I can't remember her name, but yes, so you can see, and Tim Meadows. But Rajiv Surendra played uh, Kevin G, and and then he's also just really awesome artist. Um, And he loves handwritten notes, he loves letter writing, and he loves... Uh, you know, using the mail service. So he has his uh, P.O. box up on his website or somewhere I found it um, because he likes getting handwritten letters. So I wrote him. I took a lot of time and energy. Honestly, I took about three days, I think, if not more than that. Actually, I took, I think it was a week of getting this letter ready. Um, And this is the way that I used to do letters when I was younger and had more time since I was always a pen pal with so many people ever since I was a little. When I first, I remember vividly hearing the term pen pal for the first time and learning in school we were going to have pen pals from another country or another state. And I, it's like my insides sung immediately. That was my thing. And so, and I used to have this antique correspondence desk and I collect, as as you guys may know, I collect a lot of stationery and uh, stamps and pens and pencils and, and the whole nine yards. But I never give myself enough time. And this year is going to be a big year for letter writing um, for me. And I owe a lot of people letters, actually. That makes me feel very guilty. Um, but that is the noise. By the way, do you like that noise? Hold on. I love that noise. That's the noise of this brass... Um, reading light that I have here. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, I am very excited. The, here's how I did it. First, got paper, wrote what I wanted to write. All right. That's not enough because then you start thinking of more things and things you want to edit out. Okay. So then I think I did one more where I rewrote it. Then I put it and then I typed it. Now, don't worry, I'm not sending a typed letter. I did handwrite it, but I had to look at it typed. This is this is overboard. I would I would not almost never do this anymore. But because Rajiv is a calligrapher and really into penmanship, uh, and and I don't know how to describe it anyway. So I just kept 
kept uh, editing until I got the exact words I wanted to write. And then I handwrote it again as a, as a draft. And then I picked out my paper. Now I picked out very high quality paper. It was actually drawing and it was watercolor paper. Um, but I knew I wasn't going to make my own kind of drawing on it. I just knew it was something I collected at some point and then decided to not use. So it was perfect for this. So, you know, I did hand torn edges. I really went to town on this thing. Um, and then I sketched out the four page letter as if it were a drawing. So, you know, I, I kind of like made, it was like handmade one-off stationery from the desk of Robin O'Neill. And, but it looked really beautiful and had, you know, a really like a very, I took my time and there was a big landscape drawing at the top of it. And then there's little, a lot of marginalia and uh, various things where I drew a train when I was talking about my train trip. And I, uh, what did, what else did I draw? I'm trying to think. Oh, I draw, I drew, (laughs) I draw, I drew a, a compass rose because I was talking about something I'm working on right now, which did I tell you guys about this? I'm working on a map of a trip I went on with my family once. Um, and then I'm going to put like, I'm going to make it into a little photo book and, uh, that, that I'm very excited about as well. So there, you know, I'm doing a map, not a technical map of the city we went to, but of, of the things we saw and where they were related to where we were staying. And each thing is represented by a drawing of what we saw there. Um, just a really fun, beautiful hand-drawn map. Um, I keep referring to <laughs> everything I'm doing as beautiful. <laughs> you guys, this letter was beautiful. You guys, uh, this rice I just ate was beautiful. Everything I do is just beautiful right now. Um, which I guess I, I shouldn't. Compl- That's a nice thing. If I do, if I do think something I did was beautiful, there's no no shame in my game. Um, and the letter to Rajiv was beautiful, and I hope he likes it. And then, and then, yeah, I mean, it was a it was a lot of things watercolored and drawn, and um, just kind of an endless amount of uh, detail put into this thing. And then I included a lot of other little things, like a mini envelope with something else in it and um, some printouts of something I wanted to show him with a little note on it. Then we got to the um, the un- envelope, and the envelope was a whole other set of issues. Um, oh, and I even went to the – I went and got special stamps because I didn't want to make even the stamps. I wanted. I knew which kind of stamps I wanted for him. So – that was the fan letter. That was a really long-winded way to tell you guys who I wrote a fan letter to. This sounds a little psycho. Like, certain people wouldn't be able to handle this. Do you know what I mean? They would think, whoa, dude, what is this girl doing? This is too much for me. It almost is romantic in, in essence, right? But I'm a romantic kind of guy. And I, I think romance is much further than, you know, uh, like a love and a lust. It, romance can be in anything, in everything. Uh, so in that sense, it was, it is romantic. But, you know, other people just can't, they just can't handle it. Rajiv can handle it. Go ahead and check out Rajiv Surendra's. I'll put a link in the description where you can find Rajiv's videos yourself. Um, he's, 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 he's a nice guy. I'm really, I really, he's brought a lot of joy into my life. Um, so anyway, that's Rajiv. Look into it. See what you think. Okay. Well, I believe I've talked about everything I really wanted to this time around. I'm not sure how long this podcast will be since it's a bit of a collage, 
uh, from the last few days, but it's good to be back. Thank you guys again for all your love. I'm definitely going to um, close out with some questions. You guys just missed the answer to one of my questions, which is going to be, what is your favorite sound? That's why I'm at your current favorite sound. There are We go through times of our lives where there's a sound that is more impactful than it is at other times. So always one of my favorite sounds used to be, this is very trite and I don't care. It was, you know, crunchy leaves under my feet, like the sound of crunchy, crunching, like dry leaves in the fall or winter and, you know, sticks. <laughs> Love that noise. And, uh, I would say it's gotten phased out a bit as my favorite noise because I get to hear it so often now. Um, whereas before, when I lived in, say, Texas or California, you don't get a lot of that noise. And so it's something I, I think I think the love comes from the longing a lot of times. So that one is still a favorite sound, but it's so commonplace that I don't I don't quite have that intensity towards it. And then my current favorite sound is something I experience all the time. And I feel like I just told you guys about this, so I apologize if I did. But it's the sound of the distant train that we have here in my little town. It's not that distant. It's pretty close to us. So I hear it all the time, and especially at night. It's just so, oh, God, it's a glorious sound that, you know, it's just a sound that's been the same for a long time. And... Um, I don't know. There's some, I I can't really put words to it, but every time I hear it, which is why I'm asking you guys this question about your favorite sound right now. Um, I just heard it as I sat down to record my goodbyes to you. And it made me think of that. So, and it also made me realize I haven't asked you guys questions lately. So we're going to close out with these questions. Um, this favorite sound is number one. Another one I just asked my friend Stephanie, and I want to hear from you. Favorite potato chip. What is your favorite potato chip? I love a basic Ruffles. Uh, I love Ruffles. I love Doritos. I love a tortilla chip. Uh, But I think if I had to choose a favorite gun to the head, it's going to be Ruffles. And I like dipping it in yellow mustard. Um, Okay, what is your current morning drink? You guys know I love knowing this. And I actually really encourage you to let me know. Um, Not on Instagram, but just email me. Don't expect anything back if you're just like answering the questions. But I I may get back to you and I may not. But I really want to hear. So info at robinoneal.com again. And by the way, if you are communicating with me on Instagram, um, unless it's a... in Well, I don't think I'll see any of it really. But... um. So just so you know, if you want to communicate with me, Instagram is not the way to go. You got to do it either through my website or my email. Um, I did cave and just posted a few things on Instagram on the stories the other day, and I ended up feeling really like kind of gross about it. So um, I posted and ran, which is how I do Instagram anyway. But if if you're doing any DMs or anything, I just want you guys to know I don't see those. I don't open those anymore, really. So... That's just an FYI. Favorite potato chip? Yeah, I'm going with Ruffles just because it's my, it, it never gets old to me. I mean, other ones I like, I like chili cheese Fritos. I love Cheetos. I love, what else? Like I said, Doritos. I love a Cool Ranch Dorito. I love um, 
in Canada and England, I love all of the crazy flavors. Like, it's not crazy, but ketchup, Worcestershire. Um, I don't love, like, shrimp. I don't like that kind of flavor, but I I love ketchup, Worcestershire, and I really love... Um, why can't I not think of the one that I really like? It's, like, really... Oh, pickled onion, I think. Oh, God, I wish... It's making my mouth... My mouth is watering so seriously right now when I just thought of the pickled onion. I think that's the flavor I love the most. Okay. Um, oh, but I wasn't talking about that. I was talking about your favorite morning drink, right? <laughs> and I just keep going back to the potato chip. Uh, I'm hungry. All I've eaten was an old-fashioned donut today and some coffee. And um, I went to the store and I got all of the stuff to make enchiladas today. They are... Uh, both vegetarian, I'm going to make vegetarian for me and vegan for Damien. And I am, I am kind of in love with my enchiladas and I did grow up in Texas for the most part. So you better believe I know how to do this shit. Um, anyway, my morning drink is, you know, when it's cold weather, it's always the same. When it's warm weather, it tends to be the same. So right now it's cold and I am drinking very strong decaf Americanos. And I've been able to put, still, I think I told you guys this before I got COVID, I um, am putting one shot of, of caffeinated espresso in the morning Americano. And it really changes the game for me, where it's not messing with my heart so far, which is great, which is why I can't have caffeine. So I'm kind of playing with fire, but the second it starts hurting me, then I'm going to go back. But Anyway, it's been nice because I need any little bit of energy I can muster. For instance, today, speaking of, again, I'm sorry I keep going on and on about this, but um, my exhaustion is such that I slept in till about 10 a.m., even though I went to sleep. At, I swear to God, I went to sleep at like 10 p.m. And then uh, I immediately thought, oh, man, I got to wash these sheets and pillowcases and all of that. So I put those in the washing machine, quickly got ready, and left because I had to go get all the enchilada stuff. And, you know, it was a big shopping day. It felt like I had a lot a lot to get. And then I came home, and I wanted to wash and, um, you know, air dry all of the vegetables so that you don't want I've got mushrooms in there. You don't want to cook with wet mushrooms, like if you r- rinse them off or whatever. So I love, I love it when I have time to let the vegetables dry on a big towel or whatever. So I did that, but there was a lot of like, you know, uh, I don't know. It it seemed, it took a long time what I was doing. There's a lot of vegetables here in, in the house. So I was getting them all ready. And anyway, long story short, right after I was done, I hadn't even had my first, uh, sip of coffee. And I'm like, well, it seems like I'm going to go back to bed. And that was about a half hour ago at about 12, 15. So I'm just that tired. I'm sorry. I thought this was my goodbye on my question. Favorite morning drink, Americanos for me. Um, well, it's the beginning of 2023, essentially, and I haven't asked you guys any end of the year question. Favorite memory of 2022. Frankie, what do you think? What's your favorite memory? Frankie's right here. She is making biscuits on the softest blanket in the house. Aren't you, Frankie? Um, okay, and who is someone you wish you could be more like? It could be somebody you know or not. Oh, my favorite memory of 2022? I'm going to have to think about these. I don't know if I have an answer for these. I always think of my friend Julie as who I want to be more like. She just always seems so together. You know how some people are just really together, but they're still really interesting? Because a lot of together people are boring, no offense. Um, 
At least I think so. But Julie is not boring, and she is very together, and I like that about her. And she's very um, curious and intense about, like, learning. And um, she goes to a lot of lengths to learn things fully, I guess. It's fascinating to me. Um, And sadly, I don't think I'm much like her at all. So that's too bad that that's who I want to be more like when I don't think there's a chance in hell that I could be. And yeah, there's like an inner confidence. I can tell with Julie. I also feel like people who got to go to camp as young people are more confident than I'll ever dream of being. And people with sisters are also... You guys with sisters are, you know, or older siblings at all really are very fortunate in my opinion. It really helps. Um, I was an oldest child and I didn't go to camp and I don't have any sisters. And those three things I think have made me not so great. I just don't think they've done me any favors. I just noticed that when I meet women who had grown up with sisters, they're like almost an entirely different animal than I am. I really do mean that. And my mom also didn't grow up with sisters. And I think we're, we suffer because of that. Like I barely wanted to read Little Women as a kid because I'm like, I can't, I, I, it's going to depress me too much to know that I don't have this. So that's my story. Morning Glories. I love you guys. I think that's all I have for today. Um, be well, be good to yourself, be good to others. Remember everybody's doing their best expectations are premeditated resentments my Al-Anon birthday which means I've been an Al-Anon for 10 years <laughs> is tomorrow Monday the whatever Monday is and um, I can't tell you how that makes me feel it's a very big deal so happy birthday to me um, I bought myself uh, another little chip or whatever they're called they're medallions I get the medallions and I bought it for myself and so I have 10 of those beautiful medallions and I am very happy I can't tell you guys how different I feel um, 10 years later than when I first got into Al-Anon so if you don't know about Al-Anon check it out online or search the podcast for Al-Anon and you'll see my story about Al-Anon all right that's all I've got I love you guys have a great week and I'll talk to you soon bye-bye